Welcome back, everyone, to episode number five of Sigh of the Storm, and it is a pretty excited one today as the Iowa State Cyclones finally, finally took down the Hawkeyes in Iowa City, 10-7. to It was ugly, but it's a win. Iowa State is 2-0, and uh, and we'll obviously talk about that a lot later, um, but yeah, I mean, how, how, how are you feeling right now, Brandon? Honestly, on top of the world after that game, I mean... The whole game was just stressful and ugly, and you never really feel like you had the game in hand, which was super annoying, but it's expected going into that game, and it was there was a couple really good things to see and a couple really annoying things to see that we've also seen for the past couple years against Iowa, so definitely some things to improve on, but definitely not going to complain about the result. Yeah. So quickly before we dive into stats, I just want to put this out there. Now, one reason, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this in here a couple times, but one reason you guys need to follow us on Twitter, and I'm not sure if you guys are going to count this, but I switched my pick to the Cyclones, all right? I was having a feeling. I switched my pick to Iowa State, so you guys got to let me know if that counts or not. Because if so, I'm 2-0. and Psychotic. Well, yeah, you call me psychotic, but who cares? Um, but, uh, yeah, so just some, some base stats we're going to go over, uh, starting with Hunter. 25 of 38, 184 yards. <laughs> One touchdown and two picks. I mean, you know, it's it's a really good defense. He's playing against a really good defense, and he's young in his first road game that he's starting. So it's you expect a couple of miscues there, and I think one was definitely a miscommunication between Nolan and Hunter Decker. So there's a couple things. I don't think anything major comes out of that game as like, oh, whoa, we need to fix this before we go into Ohio and Baylor. But I think he played a really good game without him. I don't know if we win that game. So it wasn't too much to complain from that side of the ball. Yeah, and I think kind of hit on it. And it's like you said, it you know, it's his first true road test. Um, And, I mean, like, you know, he got to go in at the Oklahoma game. But, like, he is the starting quarterback. And that makes a huge difference. I mean, it, it, it does. And you go into Iowa where it's a sold-out environment for the Cy-Hot game, which is probably the biggest environment he's going to face all year, I would guess. Maybe yeah. Texas later in the year if they're still got their head on their shoulders. But, yeah, <laughs> I mean, the Cy-Hot game is just a completely different environment. So he, I think he dealt with that really well. There was no, like, big he wasn't thinking or he's trying to go too fast play. He was really going through his progressions well, and he looked good, at least on TV. What did you see in person from him? Yeah, I mean, well, I think there's a couple times it looked like – and, again, I'm not going to blame him for looking at Hutch a lot because – I mean, we knew Hutch is good, but this kid looks so much better. And a lot of that is because of Hunter. Yeah, absolutely, and especially in this game where you usually don't get these standout guys, especially yeah. like even Brees last year. He was limited to under 100 yards, so – yeah, I think it's really good to see Hutch almost at 100 yards with a touchdown, which is the only Iowa State touchdown of the game, obviously. So I, every stat you see in the box score is kind of got an asterisk by it just because of the Iowa defense is just absolutely insane, and you're always dealing with the special teams factors. So overall, it's a really good game. Yeah, and like, like you know, we kind of talked about, or you said a little earlier, just like how he made a couple of those like miscues and, you know, some miscommunication on that null one. But, I mean, like, yeah, like, that kind of thing sucks. But, like, what you have to look at is Deckers is throwing to spots in those kind of situations, which is a good thing. Like, if you're just, like, throwing it, like, when they're open, like, like there's going to be some times where, like, a guy's going to slip and you throw to a spot and it's a pick. Like, but throwing to spots is much better. 
I mean, also, it, I think one big thing coming out of this game is the offense almost seemed to be rhythm-based against Iowa, which we haven't seen in the past with these yeah. big skill guys that we lost last year. But one big thing that came out of the quarterback game in this game against Iowa was he threw to seven different receivers, which we usually don't see against Iowa. Yeah. Even like Iowa with, I guess, yeah, their quarterback is completely horrible. I think his QBR was 14 instead of one, so an <laughs> improvement, but nonetheless really bad. He threw to four guys, and over 50% of his passing yards are two tight ends. Yeah. So, obviously, I think with a quarterback that's at least competent back there, going <laughs> against Iowa's defense, that's a really good thing to see. And, again, I feel more confident going into the rest of the season after this game, which is really the big thing of these non-conference games. Yeah, and, and just like earlier, you know, you kind of asked about what I saw. Um, and like I said, just like it looked like – like he was locking in on the hutch a little bit more. Like I think a big one was a pick in the end zone, which we'll go over those kind of turnovers later. But, um, you know, like that was like he he definitely locked in on hutch and he just kind of, you know, he went through the double coverage and that, like he, it's just a rookie mistake. But, you know, you could tell he was definitely like progressing through his reads a lot though. Um, but I thought he played great. Yeah, overall, he had a really good game. I also don't think the play calling, especially in the red zone, helped him at all. Oh, I there mean, was a couple really weird calls with their quarterback runs that never worked, but we called so many of them for whatever reason. That's obviously something they see on film, but it's just kind of a weird call to change everything once you get inside the 10-yard line. Yeah, and there's a couple things where, you know, like there's one I don't I don't remember if this was the possession where we ended up scoring the touchdown. It might have been, but Jirel went wildcat. And then, like you said, there's a lot of those read option plays. Or there's, like, a QB power, too. And then... He's just not quick enough to make those decisions. And he seemed kind of hesitant back there, which I don't blame him. It's his second start on the road at Iowa City. I mean, yeah, you're kind of asking for a mistake, especially when it starts raining and everything. I don't know. I thought the play calling in the red zone was weird. Yeah, and then also, I'm not a huge fan of fades. And it felt like we threw a shitload of fades. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> my bad felt like they threw a lot of fades <laughs> yeah definitely a lot of fades in there and it was weird listening to the broadcast because these first of all they had an Iowa ex-Iowa player calling the game which is just bizarre and kind of annoying but that's what you get when you play on Big Ten Network and they kept saying which we do but the Iowa corners are legit and probably top three defense in the country so you don't really want to be throwing on them especially in this game where it relies so much on turnovers yeah uh, moving to the running back room, um, Jarrell Brock had 27 carries, 100 yards. Um, Decker's had nine for 14. Obviously, we talked about a lot of those read options. Sanders had four for 10 and Noel one for five. Um, obviously, you can tell, like, a guy like Sanders is not really built to play a team like Iowa. He's just – he's more like, – like, he'll be good in the Big 12, you know. like He's, he's a good change of pace, but – Yeah, but in a game like this, like, it's just like – I'm, you're it's like you're not gonna really find outside, like, yeah. and so that's kind of where it hurt him. And I feel like if Norton would have been healthy today, you would have seen a lot more of him than Sanders, and really taken some carries off of Brock, just because he's more of a physical back that can go up the middle. Yeah, but and I think with the running back room, especially, we saw that Brock is definitely the running back one as we thought, but it was kind of split snaps in Southeast Missouri because of the score. So I think that just cemented in the fact that he's going to be the one running back one and Sanders is the two. And we never even saw Silas, which I thought was kind of interesting, especially in a game where you were kind of looking for an offensive star guard game. So it's just 
I think we definitely learned a lot of things in this game, especially about the offense. So that was good to see. Yeah. And I mean, I'll say this, like we'll get into our player of the game picks later, but one guy I'm seriously considering for that role is Jirel. I mean, yes, he had that fumble, which it's annoying, especially because I didn't know this watching from like inside when I was at, when I was at the game, like I didn't, I just thought like he leaped and the ball got punched. Like that's what I know. He ran into Russia's shoulder. Like I had no idea that happened, which just makes that even more like, uh, like just don't jump and it's not a fumble, but obviously yeah. he did. So it's whatever, but it's just one of those things. It's like, you're on the one yard line. First of all, sneak it. But we've been saying that for seven years now, and it's probably not going to happen unless we're on our own one yard line, which makes no sense. Yeah. But I mean, I, I just like, and I saw a stat earlier today on Twitter uh, that was talking about how like Jirel before we kind of went through that stretch where like, we just had to run the ball and chew clock. Like he was averaging like 5.2 yards per carry, which he was really good. And you usually don't see that against Iowa. So I think that says either something about the Iowa defensive line regressing a little bit or the Iowa offensive line finally getting in some new guys and the recruiting class is paying off a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, I think, but I, I mean, and you have to look like Brees obviously only played Iowa once, but like you said, I think he had like 70 yards, which, you know, 30 short of Jirel and, and that was also in a game where you kind of got down big and we couldn't really run the ball at a certain point. So we just kind of had to air it out. But like a lot of the, like, I think you have, like, I definitely feel like the offensive line got a little bit more push. I mean, it felt like it. I, again, I don't, I didn't get to see as close up of an angle like as, as you did. But I mean, like, I also think a huge part of that is we weren't one dimensional. And I don't, I don't know the last time I could tell you against Iowa where we weren't a one dimensional team. You know what was really good seeing out of this game, especially was we were doing the run to set or the pass to set up the run, which I yeah. think makes a big difference as we came out in these weird like rhythm type throws, which we just never see in the last four or five years. So that was really good to see. And then obviously when you're passing the ball every time, they're dropping seven guys back for them and their defense. So mm-hmm. that's going to open up some things. And their linebackers were playing five, six yards off of the line of scrimmage so that's obviously going to open up some things and he was getting big like 10 11 yard run plays which we've yeah, never seen in the last couple of years against Iowa yeah and I mean like there's like plenty of times obviously with 27 carries 100 yards like you're going to see this stuff like where he would get like you know dropped at line of scrimmage or he gets two but the other thing like there was some plays and again this is why like we made that David Montgomery comparison early on like there's a couple plays like out of the backfield. He got dumped off in a check down and he made like a couple guys miss and all that just to get back to my scrimmage. Like that's the stuff David did. And it felt like he ran like David. It seems like I also was watching the game. I was thinking he kind of seems like Mike Warren to me. Yeah. He's a little quicker to the line and making decisions than David, but he can also just not go down. It's kind of a bizarre comparison when we had Brees last year that just wouldn't get touched. Yeah. And then we go to him where he, embraces contact at times but also can hit the hole and try to make people miss if he needs to but embrace contact a little more yeah so I, I mean I thought Jirel was great obviously that one fumble is whatever but uh going to the receiving room um we know his favorite target it's going to be his favorite target all year Hutch 11 catches 98 yards one touchdown just proving himself to be one of the best receivers in the big 12 um, and I really think like, I'm not going to put him in a category with like 
Jackson Smith and Jigba or something like that. But, like, he feels like he can be a dominant receiver in all of college football this year. I think he's already implemented himself as one of those guys. And, really, I think the Ohio game will probably see one half of him maybe. You're so probably – like, His stats like, I don't are going to be a little unblended, but it's all right. I mean, like, I don't think you're going to see um, – like three touchdowns in the first half, but like you're gonna probably see like a yardage production again, like similar to what he had. Yeah, and he's just the clear wide receiver one, and you could tell, especially watching this game, it was number one guy that would have gotten a little sketchy. As he's just kind of the Kohler this year, a little different type of player, obviously, since he's not a tight end, but you can find him and he's gonna catch the ball. Yeah, and it's actually kind of interesting that you bring up tight ends because I was thinking about this, like. It it felt like it was like, I mean, it was it was really three receivers, one tight end. And eighty five had a really good day. We didn't mention him yet. Oh yeah, Aiden Bitter. Um, yeah, he's like that's that was the guy we were like so confused about. Like when we when the depth chart came out, we're like, who? He's that one he, catch like, on the sideline. <laughs> yeah, third and eight, and he got that. I think that was the drive we ended up getting the field goal. So massive catch. Um, but yeah. Oh, I guess another thing too is, um. I don't obviously I don't know what happened to Noel. Do you like I couldn't see? And then at the end of the game, like I went down like to the tunnel where the players walked through, and he didn't have pads on. So yeah, I think it it didn't seem that, like anything major. He just had a little limp walking over to the sideline. It looked like some knee or ankle issue. Couldn't really tell, but I don't expect it to be that big of an issue. Obviously, I don't want to speculate too much on injuries because you never really know, and he could be day to day for the rest of the season. So <laughs> who really knows? Yeah. Um, but so yeah, I guess just going over the complete stat line, obviously we told you Hutch and then Noel three for 23. He also had a rush for five yards. I don't know if I mentioned that in the running category, uh, bitter had two for 20, obviously that huge sign line catch on third and eight Jarrell five for 18. A lot of that again, that check downs. And he had a lot of those where he kind of got him a couple yards behind the line of scrimmage. And I just talked about this and, you know, he made it back to the line of scrimmage. He got a couple yards, uh, Sean Shaw one for 11, Demetri Stanley, two for nine, and Russ, one for five. Um, I think it's pretty clear. Now, the one thing that was – I mean, I don't know, like, if Wilson just wasn't getting open or what, but he's has one catch over two games. And I know, like, this Iowa defense is really good, so – but I, I uh, guess – He's know. been the same player for his whole time here. I don't know. He's kind of in the spot where it's like, prove it to me at this point. Yeah. I, the coaching staff has always said, even like Milton last year and everything, always oh, healthy now. So he should be a big improvement and should be a part of the offense. Well, you never really know. Yeah. I mean, I think like, I, I definitely feel like after today, especially like, you know, well, Bitter is, he plays that same role as Noel. Um, yeah. But I feel like after yesterday, you're going to see him on the field a lot more. Yep, definitely. And then, but I feel like, you know, if Wilson kind of emerges, if not, whatever, but you're definitely your guys for the season are going to be Hutch, Noel, Dimitri, Shaw, Bitter, slash Wilson. I mean, and you can tell, like, the tight, like, I don't, I mean, again, I there was times where I couldn't really see the tight end, like, who was in, um, but I saw a lot more of Deshaun Hanica, at least from the time that I saw it. So it feels like he's kind of merging over Easton Dean, even though like he didn't obviously have any catches yesterday. It just feels like maybe we're seeing a shift there. 
I think Easton Dean is also kind of a Chase Allen type where he's just blocking a lot more than he is going out and running routes, which is fine because he's a big dude. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, uh, looking at the defense, I mean, yes, Iowa's offense is not good. But they did a great job. I mean, and that first drive, I think it was like, was it two plays? After the block punt, where they scored their only their the only points of the game, was that? They, like- yeah, Iowa never had a drive all game. Never a traditional drive for a field goal or anything. It was just that one. I don't even want to call it a fluke because it's really not at this point. It's been a ton of years with these special teams things, but it had the one drive of two plays, and they just ran all over us. And it was kind of like at the time I was thinking, oh boy, we might get destroyed in this game if this is how it's going to go running the ball against us. But we definitely bounced back really well, which was good to see. Yeah, but like, like watching that drive, I saw that three down, three man D line front. And I was like, ah, oh, here we go. And yeah. obviously, like their first two runs, I mean, their lead back Williams or Lashawn Williams, Gavin Williams also played a little bit, but fourteen for thirty two. I'm or thirty four. I mean, how much? Like, I felt like it was probably close, to like twenty yards on that first drive. I mean, yeah, I think it was. They got it around the 20-yard line, so it's got to be around there, and they just had two 10-yard runs to pop it in the end zone really quick. So I don't think the linebackers were completely ready to go, and they probably just got their butt chewed a little bit on the sideline, and then they were ready. Yeah, and I mean, like like you said, I mean, like I'm not going to sit here and – like you can't say Iowa's offense is good. And I'm going to – like we're not going to talk about, like, you know, Iowa a whole lot, but if you're Kirk, how do you not play Padilla next week? So – in his press conference, it was the strangest thing. And I was listening to the reaction show for Iowa after the game just because it's kind of my humorous radio station after a loss. Yeah. And there was some quote with him of Kirk Ferentz's that he was not committing to Petrus as QB1 and he wasn't committing to Padilla as QB1. So it's at this point, are you serious? You have a QBR of 1 and 14. Yeah. Even if Padilla's not any better, you have to try him. And obviously, yeah. you see what he's doing in practice, so you never really know. But, I mean, come on. Petrus yeah. sails every single ball. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, there was, like, yeah, there was a couple times where he, he put some – he put the ball where it was supposed to be, and his receiver, you know, dropped it. There, he had a couple of those. But there was, there was a lot of time it was sailed. Um, and, like – it's not like we were getting incredible pressure. It was definitely – there more than it was in the southeast missouri game but it wasn't like we were constantly as in his face or anything he had three or four seconds to throw it yeah i mean like he had enough time and i i mean i don't really know why kirk would throw the ball like i mean obviously you don't he didn't want us to get the ball back at the, the end of the half but you put the ball like peters hasn't been good and you make him like you're giving him a like a spot to throw the ball you know obviously he got tipped and picked and he, he didn't throw it on field at all it was all just like five yard. Like he had the one. It's not that good, but whatever. Yeah, I don't know. It. I don't know, but we're not going to go too much into them. But uh, I felt like the defense was great. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like the one thing we're still all waiting on is that Will McDonald sack to come through. Um, but, you know, he made his present felt. He had a couple tip passes and. Um, he had uh, the first fumble recovery off Gary Vaughn's strip sack. And then, boy, I, I mean, I, I went and watched 
the so-called offsides on MJ Anderson, I didn't see it. I don't – I mean. He also had a really good game, but one thing I had written down here after the game when I was looking through the post game is, man, whoever got the unsportsmanlike and offsides, they better be running laps all week because that could have easily cost us that game. And we had all of the momentum going into that drive, and they can't move the ball. Make them move the ball. Don't do anything stupid. And we gave them somehow a 20-yard penalty, which is – of course we did. Well, and I mean, like, I feel like at the time, like, nobody – I mean, I don't think anybody knew that MJ was offsides. And so, you know, you think that you recovered the fumble to seal the deal against a team that you haven't beaten seven years. And, I mean, that was just a whole bench getting excited. Like, I mean, like, that stuff, like, you also have to be careful about in, like, future because, like, there will be times like this situation, like yesterday, where something like a flag went on offside and, and it negates that penalty or negates the play. But that was just pure emotion. So, I mean, it's whatever. But and I, thank goodness in that field goal, they didn't have their kicker from the last couple of years. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That would have been a disaster if we went into overtime. I don't think we win that game. But Oh, oh shot. <laughs> You're, I mean, we go in. I mean, you can throw. I mean, you can try to throw the ball. But it's like it's pouring down rain. Yeah. And I don't know. We clearly don't trust our kicker that much. So it's just you're going against Iowa. They're going to get a field goal. And then it's just up to us to not do that yet. Yeah. And I was just saying, like, I don't, I mean, I don't know how much I have, how much faith I have in our kicker. I mean, you're in a situation where you're, you know, you're kicking field goals back and forth in the rain with Iowa and you're not going to win that game, but I don't know. I, again, felt like the defense did really well. Um, I guess overall MJ did. I, when we talked about him a little bit was he felt like the guy that would maybe would step up opposite. Um, but then you were also saying, I guess like it was like early on in the game that J.R. Singleton was having a couple of good drives. That second drive that was one of the best nose tackle performances I've ever seen for that one drive. He was in the backfield, every single play blowing up the run and the pass. It was really impressive. Yeah. So I, you can definitely like see your packages. Like it's definitely, and you know, a lot of people coming into the season, we thought it was going to be Blake Peterson, but he doesn't even have a tackle. I don't know how much he played again. I think the, the guys who are in, um, but it feels like your packages right now, like certainly like in terms of a passing situation, your guys coming off the edge are going to be Will and MJ. And then and it feels like, like a run situation. You know, JR kind of takes that spot for MJ. And um, MJ definitely looks like a Big Ten type of guy. So that's good to see, especially at a level where we have Will on the outside, which is he's kind of a smaller D end for our three-man front. And then we got MJ, which is – He's a big dude, but he's also pretty quick off the edge, and he can his bull rush is pretty good, which Will is mostly a speed guy, so it's good to have a change of pace there. Yeah. Well, and I guess one guy I didn't mention that is kind of – I think, you know, Isaiah Lee's still really good in the run game, but I feel like he's also also a pass situation guy as well. But Dominic Orange, you can tell, is getting a lot of playing time. And, like, yeah, he has one tackle yesterday, but, I mean, how – like – you have that kind of size. Like, when was the last time we've had a guy with that size against Iowa? I mean, that not helped. very recently, and he's he's definitely raw right now. Like we said the last week and two weeks, I guess. But he's definitely raw. He's 
he's big, but I don't know if he's super strong yet, and that'll come with time and definitely look next year for him to be the main guy up front. But he played really well, and he's definitely just a run stopper. I'm not sure how good he is in the pass game, especially against an offensive line like Iowa usually has. But it's good to see him definitely getting playing time with some other freshmen out there. Yeah. And then in terms of, like, I mean, that's kind of the defensive line stuff. Linebacking core, I think, again, coming in this season, this was the group that we were the most confident in, and they reinstated that very well yesterday. Gary Vaughn with the strip sack. Um, Orion Vance leading the team in tackles. Um, and then Reader getting the pick off the tip. Like, they're, they're, it's just a really good group of guys. Like, they're, 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 they're going to be solid all year long. No concerns at all, minus maybe an injury here or there could screw things up. But, I mean, definitely. We only had one sack in the game, which it didn't seem like it. It seemed like I had their quarterback pressures listed here, but one sack kind of surprised me. And then just well, you six, also- yeah, six quarterback hurries. So, yeah, obviously they were definitely there and they caused pressure, which is their main job. And we didn't really need to blitz a ton at Petrus as he couldn't beat anybody right now so we didn't really go for the sack at many opportunities but obviously Gary Vaughn with that huge play with a strip sack which really boosted our confidence going into the end of the first half beginning in the second half yeah and I mean even like you know if the if MJ again I don't think he was offsides but it's not a big deal in retrospect but like obviously his strip sack gets taken off the board um but, again, like we talked about last week being a very vanilla game plan, not a lot of blitzes. Um, I mean, again, like you talk about it, Gary Vaughn being the only sack. I mean, he's blitzing from linebacker spot. Um, Anthony Johnson had a really good – He like he got into Petrus's face on one. Like you could tell he was really dying up. He, he was really good today because they never threw over the middle of the field. Yeah. It's one of those things you don't really notice until you go and rewatch the game. But they were only throwing to the outsides past the middle linebacker. So that was really good to see. And obviously the middle linebacker and safety are in sync there. So that was really good to see out of the defense. Yeah. And then just safeties again, um, Malik Verndon. So I saw this and we didn't know this, but apparently he was a little banged up coming in the season. So that's why he didn't play week one. Um, but he obviously got in at that, uh, I think at Jeremiah Cooper's spot, but so it seems like your safeties for most of the year are going to be Malik and, um, Jeremiah at one spot, um, and then we saw I, there. Um, well, what's his name? Mason Chambers. Uh, he could, had a lot of action yesterday, uh, kind of with at bow spot, and then obviously Anthony. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I said, defense played great. I mean, you couldn't have asked for anything better. Their only points they gave up were uh, the very first drive when they were, you know, Iowa gets the ball at our twenty yard line. So whatever. Yep, no big drive for Iowa, just expected considering South Dakota State held them there and Nevada probably will too. So it's this game is kind of always just kind of a throwaway game, especially since nobody in the Big 12 plays their style of defense. Mm-hmm. Even K-State switched to the 3-3-5 now, which is bizarre. But So it's obviously just kind of a, okay, we won the game, that's great, but let's move into Big 12 play and start preparing for these passing type of defenses. Yeah, and then... I mean, this, these are the couple things that you got to, you know, clean up a little bit. Um, and it just happens in a game like Iowa, and it's so frustrating. But, you know, it says in the turnover it's 3-3. Three to three, but It's 5-3. Like more 5-3. I mean, you can't state how much those blocked. I mean, 
Iowa's only points, like we've talked about this, they didn't have a single drive all game. Their only points were off the block punt on that first drive. Um, you know, we had two turnovers inside the inside the red zone, inside yep. the end. I mean, in the end zone. Like, it's just it's that little stuff, and you know, you got to clean that up. And I mean, I don't know. Like again, a couple things we talked about it. Decker's a little bit of rookie mistakes. The one with Jirel is just a little bit annoying because he leaped the pile and ran into his own guy. And it's... That's just kind of a fluke play there. You're not going to and... run into your fullback very often for a fumble, so I'm not really concerned about that. Yeah. Um, but it's just like it felt like both teams were giving each other an opportunity to win the game and nobody wanted to take it. Um, I think I texted you midway through the game. I'm like, if you told me this is Rutgers and UMass playing, I would believe you because both teams <laughs> just looked horrible, which I don't think both teams are bad, but it's just – I don't know. The game plan for both was weird. And obviously our red zone mistakes and special teams was just, it's the same thing every year. You look at the box score and you're like, wow, we ate outgained them by 200 yards. And the only thing that mattered is we had two special teams mistakes and three turnovers. And if we were to lose that game, that would have been a crushing blow. Oh yeah. And especially like we almost lost in the most Iowa state way ever. We gave up a 20 yard penalty. They throw oh, I thought he was making that field goal. 100%. Yeah. And they throw a quick flat for like 10 yards, and it gets it to like a 47, and I'm like. The only time teachers could hit a pass, of course, is right at the end, and then we get the 20-yard yeah. penalty, and I'm like, oh, great, they're going to hit a 62-yarder again. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, everyone, like every single Iowa fan had like cleared the stadium at that point. I mean, everybody's chanting, let's go stay. I mean, everybody was on top of the world, and we're just sitting there like. I was wondering what the stadium looked like because it looked a little bare, but I'm like, there's no way they actually left. They've won six in a row, and it's Iowa State. They're going to find a way to screw it up. Yeah, well, and it just felt like we kind of got those those gut punches. I mean, um, uh, like the first one being everyone thought the game was over when we saw the flag thrown when they threw it on fourth down, which I didn't mind because you weren't, you weren't going to get the four yards on fourth and four. So I, I kind of like that play call, to be honest. You give it such a shot to win the game. Yeah, um, I think I might have liked to see a throw there because the clock's going to stop whether you get it or not. So yeah, it's just kind of a thing where it's like, okay, if you run the ball, we've been running the ball all day, so I don't hate the play call. And obviously in the moment I was like screaming, kick it. But looking back, <laughs> it's pouring down rain and yeah, so many things can't take for crap. So, I mean, just imagine like, some like a, the snap is errant block the kick the kick is blocked like it it was just in my opinion it was the right call and even like the PAT we had after the touchdown was partially blocked and barely went in so it's okay yeah. let's just get this over with and hopefully we get out of here with a win make Petrus drive which he can't yeah but then you know after people saw the flag they were like and they like they you know they ended up picking it up but that's when people started to clear a little bit and everybody was getting excited and then they took it back and then. Obviously, they pick up two flags against us, which is just whatever. Yeah, and then uh, obviously the huge one when the strip sack. I mean, that's when everybody was losing their mind, and that's when people were done and walking out. And but yeah, I don't know. But I think the thing we have to talk about the last thing before we kind of get into just play the game and wrap it up. That ninety-nine yard drive will go down. The the drive. The, the drive. <laughs> I mean, 21 plays, 91 yards, nearly 12 minutes. We're, I, we are officially Army. I don't care. 
<laughs> like wind like i don't also think... it was an evenly dispersed drive it was 12 runs and nine passes yeah and they converted like six third downs i think like i mean touchdown yeah and then like it's just like how many times do you like if i would if someone would have told me before the game that there would be a 21 play 99 yard drive 12 minutes for a touchdown you know who i would have thought got that iowa because, yeah, I, I would have thinking uh, we lost twenty four zero then. Yeah, like that's the stuff that would that 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 happens to us. That's not the stuff we do. And um, you know, I there was this, you know, in Hutch's press conference, he was talking about he's like, "Yep, you just got to get that first one, and then everything's gonna come like everything. Like it just everything's gonna happen naturally after that." And then you know, it the whole locker room seems a little different, at least from the outside this year. Yeah, there's no pressure. It's just a bunch of new guys you don't really know who anybody is right now and it's just they're all trying to prove themselves get themselves in the lineup it's a little more competition this year it seems like yeah because you don't have 20 returners or 20 starters returning whatever we had last year so it's a little different this year obviously less pressure is good for everybody including the fans yeah so it was really just a good thing to see going out of the game yeah and i mean i think like and we'll we'll dive more into depth about this like when we get to baylor but a team like Baylor feels a lot like us last year where they, they, they win the big 12 title and the sugar bowl on a season where they had their favorable schedule. Like they get those 50, 50 games at homes, so those big teams at home. Um, and now that flips script or the, the script flips and you know, you're going to tough environments now and you got all that pressure. So that's the they team choked that- ESPYU last night. Holy yeah, they- cow. Um, but we won't, we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel like not having that, those expectations and pressure of you need to get back to the big 12 title uh, and stuff like that. Like this team can play a lot. More. And I'm not going to say, I don't like, I want nothing more to get back to Dallas and I, I want nothing more to get back to six, but you can't like, you can't like state like how much pressure was on that team last year. Um, but yeah. um, I mean, I think this is the first time Iowa State is two and zero since we were eight years old. I mean, yep, I think I, yeah, I, well, I remember three different times we beat Iowa in the history of my life, which, to be honest, isn't that long. It's eighteen years, but yeah, that's still kind of embarrassing to be honest because we've beat them what fourteen, thirteen, yeah, twenty two. So it's obviously been a long time coming, but can't really complain too much. You're coming out of a win, going into Ohio, you should be three and zero, and then you got really what your biggest game of the season could come down to. It's a really big swing game against Baylor. Yeah. Um, so just to quickly wrap it for player of the game, um, for me, part of me wants to say Jirel so bad. Like, he was the first guy in a long time to effectively run the ball versus Iowa. Without the fumble, I think you choose him. Yeah. but And it's even not really the fumble that's, like, pulling me away from it. It's just, like, Hutch. I mean – Hutch, like, I, I, again, I don't think you win that game without Xavier Hutchinson. Yeah, I think offensively that's definitely there. I think I'm going to have to choose two player of the games in this game just because we beat Iowa so I can do this. I think it's definitely Hutch on offense because without him, you cannot move the ball effectively. Yeah. The whole game changes, and on defense, it's got to be Reader. Yeah. He was everywhere around the field. He had a ton of tackles. He had the pick. I think he's just a big energy guy, and he – I think he's still implementing a little bit to the Big 12 style of defense, 
running yeah. around a little bit more than he was at Delaware. But I think once the speed of the game kind of gets back to him, and he's going to be a really good player for Iowa State. Yeah. Well, you guys, uh, hopefully you enjoyed this wrap-up. Obviously, a lot more to talk about than the last week. Um, it feels great to be 2-0. Got a good test or a good good chance to go 3-0 uh, this upcoming week. Um, and also to everyone who's an NFL fan, obviously that's starting up today. Hopefully the my bolts don't bring down my mood after I'm in a great mood right now, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, hopefully you guys are just as excited as we are. And, again, Make sure to follow us on Twitter. I want to keep saying this um, because, you know, we had a little situation where I changed my pick. Um, And, again, you guys will have to let me know if that counts or not. Um, But, again, follow us on Twitter. It's at Side of the Storm. Um, We just post a lot more additional content on there. So, we also let you guys know. So, just drop. So, be sure to check that out. Um, Yeah, not a lot more to say. Uh, Iowa State's 2-0. And we will see you guys uh, next week for our – our Ohio preview. Uh, But until then, roll clones, baby.